Hey people, I need a quick favour from you. If you enjoy the Takeoff podcast, please do take some time to subscribe and rate the podcast. You can do this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any platform that you listen on. It really helps to spread the podcast to more people. And if you get a chance, share it too. I appreciate you. You need to kind of make mm-hmm. sure you understand the relationship between the role that you have mm-hmm. and the money-making aspect of the business. Want your manager to buy into, mm-hmm. um, into your promotion by mm-hmm. telling you exactly what are the goals um, or what it is that you need to be to accomplish to, to, um, to warrant that promotion. Because we are not in those higher level positions, mm-hmm. Decision-making at higher level within mm-hmm. organizations really lack the perspective yeah. of black people and minority, mm-hmm. like minorities. Mm-hmm. What you need to demonstrate when, you, when you're asking for a pay rise is the value that you have brought to the company. Each of us has something, has a unique profile, mm-hmm. and we need to tap into our uniqueness mm-hmm. and use those uniqueness to propel ourselves. How long do you think it, it- can take somebody to get there to six-figure salary brand welcome to the takeoff experience where i sit down with highly driven people to talk about their journey their failures and their successes if you want to take off in your career your business your finances or your mindset then this podcast is for you this episode is sponsored by money hub a platform that allows you to see all of your current accounts in one place and also provides you with smart money management tools to help you get right with your money. Welcome back to the takeoff. We have a special guest in the building today, uh, Christine, who is the founder of Empowered by Experience. How are you doing today, Christine? Hi, Ato. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm good. Yeah, no, very, very welcome. Yes, I'm I'm good as well. As you can tell, I think my vo- I might have lost my voice. I'm, I'm not sure. I think, yeah, no, no, too much no, screaming I, on I the can, weekend. I can hear you well. Don't oh, you me. can? Okay. <laughs> so, um... Can you tell the the listeners, who is Christine? Well, Christine is, um, as part of my career, a finance Mm. professional. Okay. And um, I am the founder of Empowered Experience, as you said. Mm -hmm. Um, This is um, a career success hub Mm -hmm. where, you know, I I help and I coach uh, mainly black and minority ethnic people. professional corporate professionals mm-hmm. um to ascend in their career so mm-hmm. whether they're looking to um get a, a pay rise or get a new job mm-hmm. or get promoted at work mm-hmm. i help them secure those okay wow great and we're going to talk a bit more about about that and promotions and pay rise because i think that's definitely something that's probably going to be important for a lot of people this year you know yeah. given um you know, cost of living crisis oh has been gosh, a head, headline. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's very, very crazy. But um, before that, can you give us a bit of an insight into the day and life of Christine? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you the insight both mm-hmm. in terms of my, you know, my own career, but mm-hmm. also in terms of Empire by Experience. So the mm-hmm. life of Christine, I I work full time. Okay. Um, and so Empire by Experience is kind of my side mm-hmm. hustle, side project. Mm-hmm. Um, I work as a finance director um, mm-hmm. within a, a real estate investment management company. Okay. So my day normally starts around 5 a.m. 5? Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, but that's because we have a setup where right now we only mm. have one car in our household. Okay. So I 
go and drop off my husband. He mm-hmm. starts at 6 a.m. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, luckily, it's, it's near where we live. Mm-hmm. When I come back, I exercise on mm-hmm. the days that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on the days that I work from the office, I would then get ready, mm-hmm. drop my, um, my God-given son mm-hmm. at school, and then head into the office in central mm-hmm. London. On the days that I don't work from mm-hmm. the office and I work from home, it is slightly easier. I still wake up around 5 a.m., mm-hmm. still do the drop-off um, and everything. Um, but then I, I just don't go into central London. So that, okay. that's quite uh, simple. Um, so a little day in the life, it's, mm-hmm. you know, then I either start with my yeah. corporate nine to five or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I have, I have, I have flexibility in how I look at my time. Okay. Um, so, you know, you will see me also, mm-hmm. you know, work on my side hustle typically after I finish with my day job. Mm-hmm. Um, just strategizing, mm-hmm. coming up with ideas and things like that, but also catching up with, with my assistant and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get things moving on that front as well. Okay. Wow. Wow. It sounds like a busy day, but a superb yeah. day um, at that as well. And I just want to take it back a bit um, in terms of, you know, were you born here? Were you born somewhere else? Where are your parents from? Yeah, sure. So, um, no, I wasn't born in the UK. Mm-hmm. I was born in France. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually grew up in Cameroon, where I'm okay. from. Okay. Um, my parents are from there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually arrived in the UK mm-hmm. only um, when I just before turning eighteen. Okay. Um, and um, in terms of my studying, I I came to uni here, so okay. that's the reason why I came to the UK. Oh, but okay. I couldn't go to uni straight, so I did like a a, a bit of English lesson first, okay. and then. Um, like a pre-university diploma so did you did you not want to go to university or was it a requirement that you had to learn oh, no. English first yeah so absolutely really when oh. I, I needed to learn English first because I okay. came in as a as a yeah. French speaker okay and so didn't have much English at all oh wow um so I had to do that first yeah oh wow I, I did that for three to six months okay. something like that and That's then intense. I, <laughs> yeah, that was intense. And then I did the, the diploma that also had English again lessons mm-hmm. attached. So, yeah. So all in all, about nine months before I, I, I actually um, started uni. Okay, wow. And what was that experience like for you? Like after, um, you know, doing it, doing your English course, was it was it still a struggle? Was university? Honestly, I don't know, like university level now, if it was a struggle or not. But was it? do you did you find it to be a struggle for yourself and what did you study at uni yeah so i studied at queen mary okay University of that's London. a great uni yeah yeah it was yeah. a good uni and i studied business business management okay uh, for my degree so in terms of whether uni was hard or not i think for me it was hard in the sense that where i used to you know i came from having an education in cameroon mm. and Back then, it was obviously um, not university. It was college education, mm-hmm. right? It was college education. I don't know if it's the similar terms here. As as you can tell, okay. I didn't go to school here. So yeah. I guess it was school education. Mm-hmm. And back there in Cameroon, you know, I would go to one classroom okay. for the entire um, for the entire year. 
So coming to uni and and also my diploma Mm. was something similar. I was in a in a very small college. It literally had just started. I think I I, not. I think I was the first student for my diploma course of that school. So again, I had one um, Mm. classroom that I attended throughout my diploma. So going to uni was a total shock. Okay, um, because you know, there were all those different rooms that I needed to figure out where, which, you know, lecture was taking place at. And then you had <laughs> yeah. seminars and yeah. I literally was lost for the first year. Like wow. I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. I didn't, I, the whole system was like totally uh, strange to me. First <laughs> okay. of all, of yeah. course, you know, I was still trying to learn English too. And so yeah. trying to adapt to understanding that actually, no, it's not just one room you, yeah. you, you're you going to be going to. Yeah. There are multiple rooms, yeah. d- literally some are on campus, some are off campus. <laughs> or like Literally, that was hard. Yeah. That was hard. Wow. It's, yeah, you, yeah, it's crazy because that whole multi-learning, multiple different subjects we, yeah we've been doing that from yeah primary school i see that yeah. with my with my god-given yeah. son now because yeah. he's in year eight and yeah. so he's already going to different classes you know with and, and so for him i think uni is going to be is not going to be as hard from the perspective of mm-hmm. just getting used to the system so for me it was not hard because the lessons were hard but it mm-hmm. was just getting used to a new way of doing things yeah 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 it was yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's definitely interesting very interesting that is one subject so does that mean it's longer then because you're doing one subject does that mean you spend more time in education abroad no it's not one subject yeah. it's that all the teachers come to that one classroom and they find you in that classroom. So you, the student, are not going (laughs) around looking for where you're going to have your lecture today. Okay, okay, okay. The the teacher come to you to that specific classroom. And so... So yeah, so that's why it was difficult. Yeah, no, yeah, no. So there, there yeah. are, a, no, there are a lot of other, you know, it was a lot of different subjects. Yeah. But it's just that the teachers came to the student. Okay, okay, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> University, you have to go everywhere. <laughs> Literally, you have to. If you don't know where you're going, yeah, it's going to be um, a challenge. And then, okay, so you said you study business management. Business management, okay. yeah. And did you graduate? I graduate? did. Yeah, yeah. I graduated. Yeah. Uh, yeah two one nice fantastic no that's good that's good two (laughs) one's good and what was like your first job out of like after after university so i mean the very first one after uni i would say was my internship okay so i you know i tried to secure internship during uni but i couldn't and actually just after like literally after graduating i secured an internship um with penguin the publisher and i did okay. that in their um finance department as a business mm-hmm. analyst okay i literally you know just before that i was working which was my student job like as a as a, a retail assistant at greg's mm-hmm. and so i left greg's to go and do this um business analysis analysis um business analyst job uh, or internship Mm -hmm. which was a very short internship so Mm -hmm. i left greg's where i had you know a nice not not a great paycheck but Mm -hmm. something that was kind of stable Mm -hmm. 
and just left that all up for a one month chance. Okay. At at Penguin. Well, initially it was going to be just a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but I was ready to take the plunge because mm-hmm. I knew that was going to open more doors for me. Yeah. In the end, it ended up being just a month. And so after that, because um, I graduated in 2008, mm-hmm. that was right in the middle of the recession. Yeah. You know, the biggest recession wow. that we had seen in years. Mm-hmm. So it took me a whole three years to find my career job. So in the meantime, I did a lot of temping within the NHS Mm -hmm. in various admin jobs. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then what what was the job that you got like after? After the, after Penguin. Yeah. So. (laughs) Oh no, sorry. After the three years. After the three years. Struggle. Yeah. yeah. Struggle. Yeah. I uh, got a a, a finance assistant, pension fund accountant job at Mm -hmm. RBS. Okay. Wow. Yes. That was, I, you know, by that point, when that job came up, I was so discouraged. I was, really? Like I had been looking for a job for three mm, years. That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, we were in the middle of recession. Nobody was hiring. Mm-hmm. They were hiring freezes mm. because of literally like Lemon Brothers collapsed. Yeah. That um, was mad. Back then. Yeah. So yeah. literally the whole world economy was on standstill and they were just hiring freezes and on top of that, I was not uh, a British citizen at the time. So I, 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 you know, even when I could have been considered for some opportunities, yeah. I faced that struggle. Okay. Wow. 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 So you, you got the job, but were you ecstatic when you got that job? I, oh, <laughs> gosh, I, I was absolutely ecstatic because yeah. I really wanted to get into um into yeah. um, accounting okay um and i wanted an opportunity that was going to sponsor me for my mm-hmm. um professional accountancy mm-hmm. qualification and so that job met all of those requirements so okay. they would sponsor me for the acca mm-hmm. um and it was a uh, you know an entry level job exactly mm-hmm. what i was looking mm-hmm. for wow yeah wow. And, 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 and it literally came at a point where mm-hmm. i was so desperate and i was like on, on the verge of giving up as well wow um, good thing you it, didn't <laughs> no yeah because it had been so long yeah, yeah. wow so so now you're director That's talk right. me through that journey how did you get from you know despair to <laughs> finance director <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. This journey has been long. Mm-hmm. Um, it has not happened overnight. So I, my job at RBS mm-hmm. entry level was 2011. Okay. And I made finance director in 2021. Wow. Last so year. 10 so years. That's 10 years. Yeah. So it has been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm going to say is this. Within the finance space, a lot of the time they need you to be a qualified accountant. Mm-hmm. And so actually it didn't take long for me to become a, to become a finance director mm-hmm. once I well, I qualified as okay. a as a as a professional as a as a certified accountant. Mm-hmm. So 2011 to 2013 that was RBS, mm-hmm. pension fund accounting. Then I realized that I don't want to continuing pension Mm -hmm. that was a good step into financial services and just having rbs on you know on the cv was a Mm -hmm. big name um royal bank of scotland so that was an entry point for me but then i started strategizing and i was like okay what you know how can i position myself to access something 
else and mm-hmm. access something within you know the investment sphere and i realized that look i speak french it's uh it's a skill set that not all accountants here in london have so mm-hmm. i can actually play to that strength and try and find jobs that require me to mm-hmm. speak french mm-hmm. that means that i niched down in mm-hmm. terms of the pool of jobs that i i was targeting and i came across this vacancy um at state street mm-hmm. where they needed a french speaker and i applied for it mm-hmm. and it was um to be a, a an associate uh, investment controller mm-hmm. um it's just a way to say it's a it's a finance assist, it's it's the finance assistant still mm-hmm. but it's kind of uh, associate level already mm-hmm. so i um i applied for it long story short i got that job mm-hmm. but that was really because i niched down mm-hmm. like when i looked at 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 all of the things that i could do mm-hmm. i realized that i needed to go for things where french speaking would be a requirement okay um, that would limit my um competition as well mm-hmm. so that i did that for maybe two and a, and a half years or maybe mm-hmm. just something like that two years so 2013 to 2015 mm-hmm. 2015 um something happened in my personal life i mm-hmm. lost my dad oh sorry to hear that and so that's okay and so i kind of had to think about my life in a different way mm-hmm. the job at state street was extremely demanding yeah long hours mm-hmm. literally sometimes i would work throughout night um it was really really intense wow and um i just realized that you know i i wasn't in the space of mind where i could mm. push my body that much anymore because mm. of having to deal with mm. that grief yeah so i started you know i didn't even start looking for a job i just was in the mindset that this is not sustainable for yeah. me at this point in my life um, and so the passing happened in April and I actually got a, a, a new job somewhere that year, probably mm-hmm. September, October, something like that. Mm-hmm. 2015, I then started at Hermes Investment Management. Okay. They are now known as Federated Hermes. Mm-hmm. So over there, it was... So so I just want to say that the experience though at State Street was very enriching. Mm-hmm. Um, although it was very intense, mm-hmm. very, very enriching. I remember when I had my exit interview, my manager said at the time that you realize that the experience you've had here is mm-hmm. like 10 years of worth of experience. I'm like, yeah, well, of course, because of all the hours that you've <laughs> yeah. been. Um, wow. But yeah, so that that experience there and at State Street was the first time that I moved into real estate investment okay. Um management and and in that world so at hermes when i went there i then and again state street continued to sponsor me for acca because i I didn't finish my qualification with rbs Mm -hmm. state street took over the sponsorship so that was always something i needed to have Mm -hmm. an employer that would sponsor me for the qualification Mm -hmm. because what happens when you move jobs and you are being sponsored by employers, they typically want you to reimburse yeah. the cost of what they've paid, they've invested in you for mm-hmm. the qualification. So I 
always needed to find a, an employer that would yeah. be willing to pay for okay. uh, to reimburse the previous employer and that's mm-hmm. what I've done that was I did that with State Street and I also did that with Hermes Investment mm-hmm. so at Hermes Investment I actually did qualify and over there I still was uh, within real estate investment management um, and over there I was an assistant manager by mm-hmm. this point part qualified um, and over there I, I was there slightly I think just under two years okay um, and it was a more relaxed um, environment compared mm-hmm. to State Street. Literally, ten times more relaxed okay. than State Street. <laughs> wow! Um, and so over there, you know, I, I over there again. It was also another job where I needed to have French as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, so in that job, I also need to have French. Um, and I was working on on an international portfolio, but then over there I got to um, know about a different type of investment, which was private debt so indirect lending. Mm-hmm. So that was very interesting to me. I really yeah. really enjoyed that. And then I left after um, just less than two years and moving to the current company where I am, um, and I started as a fund controller mm-hmm. and. Um, Fund controller again needed somebody who speaks French. Okay, wow. That was specifically for a French investor when I mm-hmm. was first hired, um, working on an, on a French in, in uh, insurance company, mm-hmm. um, and portfolio and doing you know working on their their real estate structures and managing the finances of mm-hmm. those real estate structures. And so I got promoted to finance director mm-hmm. in 2021. Wow. Um, and now I have a portfolio, mm-hmm. still have that initial um, mm-hmm. investor, um, French investor that I had when I joined, okay. but I now have a, a, a much bigger portfolio. Wow. Um, and, and I oversee structures that mm-hmm. have AUMs, well, mm-hmm. asset under management. Yeah. Or, over two billion um, okay. euros. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. So okay. So to walk me through the difference in terms of what you're doing now versus when you started. Is it is it a, I know you said State Street was quite intense, but I'm sure that you're probably managing your your workload. But yeah, walk walk me through what your responsibilities yeah. are so now. Yeah. From when I started to now. Yeah. So I always look at you know exactly that Mm. you know how how is this opportunity how is this job going to challenge me and make me grow Mm -hmm. so it's always something that i look forward to in in anything that i i i I try i I choose to to pursue Mm -hmm. so at rbs it was getting into finance Mm -hmm. and getting this training as a junior um uh, accountant and Mm -hmm. so back then you know it was (laughs) <laughs> it was recording debits and credit within a, 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 a an accounting system they were using TAS at the time uh, and then also get learning about putting together financial statements for mm-hmm. pension funds so I had a few pension funds that I was doing that for so mm-hmm. basically taking the whole journey of a transaction which is for instance within pension it's like okay you have people paying into their pension, mm-hmm. right? So they they have what they call AVCs, additional voluntary contributions. How does that go through the the financial statement? Mm-hmm. So you would record it and then 
it will go into a into a line somewhere and then mm. poof you have your financial statement mm-hmm. that i've produced so i worked on all of that mm-hmm. um at junior level mm-hmm. obviously under the supervision of the managers at the time and so at state street i left the producing mm. work and i went into a job where i would do review mm-hmm. of uh financial statements so that would be produced by third party service providers like mm-hmm. other accounting firms mm-hmm. um and it was a, a, a lot of coordination but also helping asset managers um kind of work like work on their transactions whether mm-hmm. it was a merger or a new acquisition like how do we needed to capture mm-hmm. data points regarding those transactions and i would help them do that and so when i moved to hermes i realized that you know i had been doing um i had done some data entry and mm-hmm. and preparation at, at rbs but that was within pension fund and i didn't really do any data uh, preparation mm-hmm. for real estate so i said to myself actually i want to understand um how you know we actually account for those mm-hmm. things i just don't want to review i also want to kind of solid solidify my own skills mm. and do a bit of preparation for real estate mm-hmm. as well so that's the job at hermes i had that because at hermes i had both portfolios where that were within real estate but also portfolios that were um as i said within private debt and uh, direct lending so I got back into getting my, you know, my hands dirty, producing mm-hmm. things. Um, and that was good because that experience where you are the one actually producing mm-hmm. um, the numbers gives you a very good understanding mm-hmm. of the the chain. You know, when you see financial, financial statement and you see your balance sheet, you see your mm-hmm. P&L, you have a good understanding as to how those numbers get to where they are. Mm-hmm. What are the entries behind them? And you are actually able to do better reviews because you're mm-hmm. able to go and question mm-hmm. how people have treated things within the okay. financials, uh, financial uh, system. So I did that. Um, and and the, the good thing with, with that experience at home is, as I said, it was the additional mm-hmm. investment um, type, which was private debt and direct lending okay. getting and also there it was a fund launch okay. that i was involved in really really exciting see something go from nothing to mm. uh, you know being launched and, <laughs> yeah. and 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 then trying to turn it into business as as usual but like setting up all of the operations that was great great experience as mm-hmm. well um and then moving on to um to to where i am now at heinz where I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a director of finance, over here, I wanted something to kind of really elevate me. So mm-hmm. I was an assistant manager at Hermes, and then I went into becoming a fund controller. So I didn't even, I, I skipped being a finance manager. I, mm. re, I went two steps ahead and became a fund controller. And there, you know, you I was literally trust in and at the deep end, wow. literally. Um, when I joined, the people who were doing my job before had already left, so there was nobody to do me a handover of wow. anything. So I had to kind of onboard everything on mm-hmm. my own and just really make it my own. So that was great experience too, because mm-hmm. 
I had to, yeah, I had to kind of uh, roll up my sleeves and try to go really deep into what had happened and try and understand what had happened without the people who were there to explain to me what had happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, again, it was, and it was me helping. uh, I wanted, so what I wanted to do was work very closely with Mm -hmm. fund managers Mm -hmm. and uh, portfolio managers. The reason being is that they that's basically the the heart of the business Mm -hmm. so i always say if you're working close to the heart of the business Mm -hmm. there is less chance of you being get get of them getting rid of you okay so yeah yeah, so i always try to really work close to the heart of the business like Mm -hmm. where is the money where is the money made Mm -hmm. i want to work close to that okay so I then and I actually at Hermes I was already working close to um to to fund managers um but I just wanted an even closer and deeper relationship mm-hmm. um with fund managers and on this, to kind of understand what their considerations are mm-hmm. and how it ends up impacting yeah. what we see on the finance side mm-hmm. And so that that experience gave me that and more. Wow, wow, yeah, that's such a crazy and interesting story. I wanted to to know, like, the, you, you said that you you went two levels ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably a question that we'll we'll touch on um later on. But just keep in mind um, about that because you're you you're clearly trying to teach other people how to get promoted how to ask for for a higher salary. What if I told you that there was a platform that allows you to see how you're spending all of your money across all of your accounts, especially at a time where the cost of living is at its highest that it's been in years. What if I also told you that this platform also allows you to see how much income you are getting every month across all of your accounts as well as helping you to set budgets for all of your expenses. It doesn't stop there though. This platform also helps you to send a record of your rent payments to Experian so that it is recorded on your credit report which can help to boost your credit score. This platform sounds amazing right? Well this platform is called Money Hub which you can download for free by tapping the link in my description. You get access to premium features free for six months, six whole months with no auto renew. And then if you decide that you love the app and the platform and you want to continue with premium features, then it will only cost you £1.49 per month. That is the deal of the century, right? Well, go and download the Money Hub app right now. And that, that leads us on to Empowered by Experience. Why why did you decide that you want to start, start this? Yeah, so that's a great question. Empowered by Experience. The reason I started that is because I realized that, uh, you know, as a black woman mm-hmm. within financial services, as a black professional, a lot of the time, First of all, of, the, of on in most of the places that I've been, I've I've been either the only one or 
the one of very few, typically the only one, mm-hmm. the only black person, the only black woman, something like that. Um, and a lot of the time, even if, if, if there are others, or even if it's not within my own and uh, company, my peers, I see that we do not progress in our career. Mm-hmm. So we tend to be stuck um, at, you know, lower down the hierarchy mm-hmm. in corporate places. And so for me, I've always been very ambitious, mm-hmm. I told you. So I wanted to kind of be of service and help others mm-hmm. who also wanted that for themselves but mm-hmm. didn't necessarily know how to get you know yeah. how to get that how to advance in their career mm-hmm. and i realized that look i've you know my career i've now been within financial services for over a decade mm-hmm. so i have a wealth of experience that mm-hmm. i can share with people mm-hmm. and help them kind of draft a a plan of action that Mm -hmm. will help them ascend in their careers Mm -hmm. i find it's super important one because it helps my peers you know the community Mm -hmm. it helps us take better care of our families Mm -hmm. at home if you have a better a job a higher paid job it means that you can offer a better life like a more decent life to your family Mm -hmm. i really care about that and also the other thing that i that i noticed is that because we are not in those higher level positions Mm -hmm. decision making at higher level within Mm -hmm. organizations really lack the perspective of black people and minority Mm -hmm. ethnic minorities Mm -hmm. and it's something that is really um, an issue Mm -hmm. because it means that a lot of the decisions are made without taking us into account. And Mm -hmm. so I want to help people get into those positions where Mm -hmm. actually now senior management has Mm -hmm. access to um, our community, to Mm -hmm. a pool of people who look and sound and feel like us Mm -hmm. and who will know the sort of, um, issues that mm-hmm. we deal with and can then use that perspective to inform mm-hmm. um, decision making yeah 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 wow powerful <laughs> powerful um and i and i agree with a lot of 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 what what you um said um you know when i was working at my previous company um that was a big issue and it was a massive company mm-hmm. um you know, there was many, many, um, you know, minorities that, you know, they were, they could get to system manager level, you know, they've hired lots of graduates, uh, mm-hmm. minorities. Um, but when it was to get to the manager or senior manager, very few in, in between, you know, which was very, which was quite strange. I was like, wow, so this is a massive company. You've got so many talented people, but they're just not progressing. Is it lack of talent? Do they just not know? um what they're what they're doing you know is it it's not lack of talent exactly it is not lack of talent it is the fact that there is two is two-sided it's definitely not lack Mm -hmm. of talent it is the fact that talent 
an ethnic minority talent does mm-hmm. not know how to access those senior yeah. management positions mm-hmm. and those in leadership do not know how to promote those um ethnic okay. minority workers so the issue is both sides okay right the ethnic minorities they don't know how to access this this you know senior leadership position mm-hmm. and senior leaders don't know how to promote <laughs> um you know our community yeah catch 2022 yeah. which is which is crazy which is where you come in so can you talk to me about how you help people with your careers and i can see there's a, a book here is, it, is this your book that is my book okay yeah, i released this oh you can show it into year. the camera yeah it is um promotion achieved mm-hmm. um 10 strategies um to achieve your career mm-hmm. success goal of a promotion at work that are recession and pandemic proof okay um, I told you that I got promoted mm-hmm. last year. That was right in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so I said to myself, look, if I'm able to get promoted in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. when people are losing jobs, I need to share my blueprint with others. Mm-hmm. And so I coach people, as I said, to, you know, get pay rises to get a new job get hired into a new job or get promoted at work mm-hmm. so yeah so that's that's what the book is the book is more focused obviously on the promotion part mm-hmm. getting promoted in your in your current job in your current field yeah okay great let's let's start with that let's start with promotion i know this is going to be such a long-winded question <laughs> it's going to be generous because i know it's it's you know it depends on what industry and everything but there's of course there's going to be some common practices and techniques that you can do so what what steps can someone take to get themselves promoted so there are a lot of steps that mm-hmm. people need to go and get promoted and I'll definitely say pick up the book it's available yep. on Amazon mm-hmm. um, because I obviously and it's it's a very quick read as well mm-hmm. so yeah it, it looks at yeah yeah very, very quick read um, full of action, um, packed, packed of action and things like that. So what can people do to get promoted at work? Mm-hmm. What I always say is that you need to be already acting and already performing at the mm-hmm. level of the promotion that you're looking for. Okay. And you need to have done that consistently mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not, I won't sit here and pretend that you can just be promoted from one day to the next Mm -hmm. you need to demonstrate that Mm -hmm. you are operating and performing Mm -hmm. at the level the superior level over time Mm -hmm. um i will say to people if you're looking for a promotion Mm -hmm. give yourself 12 months okay at least okay you can give yourself six months if you want but i always say to people at the end of the day, what's the rush? Mm-hmm. It is better to go in with a plan and execute your plan and mm-hmm. know what you're working towards mm-hmm. than try to rush things. Now, obviously, some people will say to you that they've been waiting for and they've been passed over for a promotion for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're not in the business of waiting another year. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to say is that actually a year out of your career is not a big mm-hmm. deal in the biggest you know scheme of things mm-hmm. one year is not is not a big deal mm-hmm. so i would say to people think about your promotion in something that can happen within a 12 month period it can happen sooner you never know but i would say give yourself 12 months 
And what do you need to do in that 12 months? You need to demonstrate that you are performing at the level that you want to be promoted into. What is that level? How do you know what that level looks like? Well, you need to go on mm. um, on, on on job sites to understand what it is that okay. the what are the requirements of somebody at the level that you are looking to be promoted into. Wow. So if you're currently a manager mm. and you want to be a director, mm-hmm. what is the difference? Mm-hmm. Go on job sites, go on, on v- vacancies, have a look. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. What are the differences? What is required for a director compared to what is required for a manager? Mm-hmm. And start putting things in place that will help you demonstrate those skills and those mm-hmm. atti- that that the, those skills and those behaviors that are commensurate with the level you are trying to get to okay wow and then it doesn't just it, it, i won't say do that and don't communicate at all no <laughs> actually um one of the chapters in the book is all about uh making your intentions clear and communicating mm-hmm. so you don't just go ahead and 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 start performing at that level. No, you have conversations with your managers okay. about your first of all your ambition. Like mm-hmm. you want to be promoted, mm-hmm. um, you want to have those conversations, and you want them to agree to what it will take for you to be promoted. Okay. Because then that becomes your goal, and mm-hmm. you're working towards a, a an agreed goal. So. It's not something that you, you know, you are um, <laughs> doing in your head. Yeah. It's something that you have got management commitment mm-hmm. for, right? That is the that is how I've always done it. Okay. Uh, and f- it has worked, and not okay. just for me, for all of the people that I coach as well. Okay. Um, because you may think that something is important, but for your manager, it's not. So you've wasted your time on yeah. a task that means nothing for your manager. Mm-hmm. So you want you want your manager to buy into, mm-hmm. um, into your promotion by mm-hmm. telling you exactly what are the goals um, or what it is that you need to be to accomplish to, to, um, to warrant that promotion. Mm-hmm. And you want to have touch points. Mm-hmm. within the 12 month period okay. i've mentioned how often would you say i would say at least quarterly okay okay i'll say at least quarterly you don't want to have touch points every single day you're busy doing your day mm-hmm. job but you want to have touch points quarterly because you want to check that you still that that the goals that you agreed um are still valid that's mm-hmm. still what the company cares about or mm-hmm. your department cares about or whatever and you also want to have touch points to tell them how you're progressing against yeah. those goals because then it's not a surprise. They, they're not going to come at the end of it and say, oh, um, but you haven't achieved the goal or we were we, we needed you to do this and you, you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So those conversations give you the opportunity to make sure that you're still in alignment, mm-hmm. <laughs> your promotion is still happening. Yeah. Um, sometimes companies are not going to commit to say, okay, yes, we will promote you. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Is, yeah, is sometimes it like they won't written? commit. They won't, okay. Yeah, sometimes they won't commit to say, yes, 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 okay. we will promote you. But if they have told you what you need to do to get promoted, mm-hmm. then they are in a very difficult situation mm-hmm. or position to say to you, no, once mm-hmm. you have achieved what okay. they have said. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, because at that point you're flight risk, right? Exactly. You told me to do this. To or do we this. agreed that we're doing this. I've achieved it. I've, exactly. And perform at the next level. Right. Right. What, what more? What right. more? <laughs> exactly. So that's why I always say, make yeah. sure you get the buy-in. Yeah. Yeah. That that's interesting because I feel like that buy-in. I was going to ask you, um, what you think is more important? Is the buy-in more important than the achievement of the goals? It's like a trick. It might be a bit of a trick question. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think you get what I mean. Yeah, I yeah. know what you mean. Yeah. So the achievement of the goal mm. is the standard. Yeah. Okay. So I want people. I mean, I mean, I know we are in. Mm the you know i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a millennial and i'm at, i'm on the <laughs> later end of the millennial um group but i know that a lot of our generation and younger generations mm-hmm. want things instantly mm-hmm. now this does not work like you need to put in the work mm-hmm. and so when you're saying does the achievement of the goal is it or is the buying more important than the achievement of the goal the achievement of the goal is a standard. Okay. Like you need to perform, you know, you need to excel at what you do. Okay. So your performance needs to be obviously A plus. Mm-hmm. And so, because when you're going for a promotion, <laughs> that is what you're selling. You're yeah. selling the fact that you have mm-hmm. performed way above mm-hmm. what your current role requires you to do. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't managed to achieve those goals, mm-hmm. like why am I promoting you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I say this is just standard. Okay. This is just standard. Okay. Getting the buy-in means that you're not doing all of the work for nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. That that is on it because a yeah. lot of what I have seen people do is that they just bury their 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 heads in the sand and they think that their work is done is going to do the speaking and the talking for them. Mm-hmm. That that it can happen, but a lot of the time for us black people and for ethnic minority professionals, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's not always mm-hmm. the our reality. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure that we have that buy in, mm-hmm. um, so that somebody cannot claim that they didn't first of all know that we delivered all of what we've delivered mm-hmm. but then also they cannot claim that um they they, they have very little basis yeah. for not giving you the promotion basically yeah yeah no that's wow some very 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 um great points and i wanted to understand so so you so you mentioned that it's it's the standard but how do you navigate that conversation? That's the part because that's the I think that's the most interesting. I think that's one of the most difficult things for people. First, they don't even recognize that they have to have the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Now I need to have the conversation. How do I word it in a way that I'm stating my attention? I just don't want to say I want to get promoted. I mean, is it? Is, why, is, why shouldn't you is say that? You is that how it is? Okay. Okay. I mean, that's the that's the other thing. <laughs> um, I think. It, it all depends on on our, on the culture we come from. Mm. Um, sometimes we come from cultures where uh, being too ambitious mm. is not is thrown upon. Yeah. Within the corporate world, and again, you know, I'm. I, I just want to caveat that I I operate within financial services, so mm. it's a more cutthroat mm. world out here mm-hmm. um, for financial services professionals. So. But 
if you do not specifically say that mm. you want to get promoted, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but your manager are no mind readers. Mm -hmm. Yep. So true. please, I mean, if I can say something to people, mm -hmm. do um do have it in you mm -hmm. to speak your mind. Mm -hmm. If it's a promotion that you want, you okay. need to say you want a promotion. Mm -hmm. People can only give you what they know you want. Mm -hmm. If they don't know you want it, they will assume you don't. Okay. <laughs> that, that. Well, okay. Yeah, they will assume you don't yeah. because other people would have gone to them and say, that's what I want. Okay, that's true. That's yeah. who you're competing against. Okay, yeah, exactly. Other people would have gone and said, I want to be promoted. Mm -hmm. So if you're not saying anything, it's fair for somebody else to assume it's not something that is of interest to you. Yeah, okay. Wow. So it's important to be proactive when it yeah. comes to that. And it's not about... Uh, being greedy because i mm. think that's the other thing as well that mm. sometimes people feel like oh but my work should speak for me and, and all of that but no mm. you know, what people need to realize and mm. i have actually seen myself as a manager as mm. well i am busy mm. life happens mm. i will forget mm. If if you don't tell me that mm. you want to be promoted, look, I have other things to worry about as a manager. I have the work, I have work to worry about. I have to worry about covering all aspects of work, making sure that when people are off, work still gets covered and all of that. So, you know, I have other things happening in my mind. I have my own career that I need to worry about. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately you're not going to be your manager's priority. Mm -hmm. And people need to understand this. Mm -hmm. You are your own priority when it mm -hmm. comes to your career. You mm -hmm. need to prioritize yourself. Mm -hmm. And then when you prioritize yourself, you need to push yourself up okay. in the you know priority mm -hmm. list of your manager. Mm -hmm. And you do that by having those conversations, open and honest conversations. Okay. And there is nothing wrong with wanting more in this life. No, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing, there's there's nothing wrong nothing with asking for more. Yeah. But a lot of people get shy. And actually that moves us nicely into pay rises. Mm -hmm. Is it a similar type of situation, similar type of process when it comes to pay rises? So when, when it comes to pay rises, what I'm going to say is that, I mean, when I talked about promotion, I said you mm -hmm. need to be delivering at mm -hmm. the next level. Mm -hmm. With pay rises, what I will say is it's, it, it, it can be a similar, um, a similar process, but it doesn't have to be necessarily next level. Mm -hmm. What people, and, and I have gotten a few pay rises for myself and for clients as well mm -hmm. over the years. And what you need to demonstrate when, you, when you're asking for a pay rise is the value that you have brought to the company. Because... Mm -hmm. Why am I giving you more money? <laughs> we always need to ask ourselves the question mm -hmm. from the other end of the table, mm -hmm. right? Okay, I want more money, but why should I give you more money? What have mm -hmm. you done for me? Mm -hmm. So what have I done for you is, again, remember I told you I always want to be close to mm -hmm. where the business, like the core of the business mm -hmm. is because that's where the money is made. Mm -hmm. So how have you impacted mm -hmm. Um, money making within your yeah. company now a lot of people will say well I don't work on anything that is money generating and things mm -hmm. like that but you need to understand how your role impacts mm -hmm. 
the money generation aspect of your business. Mm -hmm. For that, you need to understand your business. What is the core? What is the core of your business? Mm -hmm. And how does your role fit in? I remember I helped once um, at a previous company, uh, uh, um, an accounts payable mm -hmm. person to get a higher bonus than she she had been awarded. Wow. This is accounts payable. <laughs> People will say, but you're only doing accounts payable. She's only doing accounts payable, but no. I remember she when we when they when bonuses had been awarded, she had come to me and she was like, gosh, I only got X. And I can't like I I thought I was gonna get more. And I'm like, ask for more. Mm -hmm. And she was like, but what am I gonna say? And I'm like, Look, you have come into this department. Mm -hmm. The department was a total mess. Mm -hmm. There were invoices outstanding for years, like mm -hmm. years worth of outstanding invoices. We were incurring penalties on the invoices that were outstanding for mm -hmm. such a long time. You came and you cleaned all that mess, mess up. Mm -hmm. You reduced the amount of, of, of penalties and charges that we, mm -hmm. we incurred as a result. This is money you put back into the pocket of the company. Mm -hmm. You know how you know what I mean? Okay. That That's is accounts payable. Yeah. And you need to be so clued up as to how your role mm. impacts mm. the money making. Because mm. somebody will say, I only pay invoices. You need to reframe, <laughs> you need to kind of make mm. sure you understand the relationship between the role that you have mm -hmm. and the money making aspect of the business. Okay. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can be an accounts payable, but you mm. still have a direct correlation to your business losing or making money. Okay. Because if you're not paying those invoices in time, guess what? Mm. They add penalties mm. and you have to pay those penalties. Wow. Wow. That's a very interesting way to think about it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So whichever role it is, you need to find ways to relate it back to um, the money making and so if it's not money making sometimes mm -hmm. it's time savings as well because mm -hmm. obviously if you're managing to spend to save time you're managing um to make the company more efficient mm -hmm. and things like that so if you cannot for the life of you think of how you relate to money making within your mm -hmm. your your role then think about time savings think about um organizational um or yeah history and things like that and 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 just see how you have helped the company mm -hmm. you know achieve their goals make money become more efficient that kind of thing that's what you want to push forward when you're asking for more money okay wow <laughs> such such great 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 tips and it's crazy because you can the way you're explaining it so accounts payable is is that's from just explain. Can you explain to the listeners yeah. what, what that is? Yeah, accounts payable is basically the 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 function mm -hmm. that receives invoices mm -hmm. and process them mm -hmm. and pay them. Yeah. So it is not a money making yeah. um, function within mm -hmm. the company. Actually, it's one of the functions that people unfortunately look down on yeah. a lot of the time because again, it's not money making. But you can, as I explained, you can quickly see how mismanagement and mishandling mm -hmm. of that function begin to eat up yeah. into the pockets of the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what they do. They receive invoices, they process it. They also do things like reports to understand, you know, how um, how many, um, let's say, creditors and age creditors that they have and, and things like that. So, 
Yeah. Okay. That yeah, that makes sense. And that that's the thing. Saving money is making money. That's exactly. <laughs> right? That's exactly. That's exactly it. And a lot of people don't um look at it that way. Um so a lot of people have this aspiration. They want to get to six figures. <laughs> you know. A lot of people will say, oh, I want to get to six figures. Yes. Right. So who doesn't want to get to six figures? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's true. Yeah, who who doesn't want to? I mean, from your point of view. I'm sure that you get a lot of your clients asking you, look, this is where I want to get to. But on average, what do you think, how how long do you think it should take? And I know it's, you know, generally, you know, speaking could be different. But let's say in financial services, how long do you think it, it can take somebody to get there to six-figure salary brand? Yeah. So remember I said to you earlier that, I mean, for me to get to director level, it took me 10 years. But actually mm. from the time that I was a qualified mm-hmm. Um, accountant mm-hmm. it took me so I qualified as an accountant in was it 20, yeah, 2015 20, 2015 mm-hmm. 2016 2015 yeah and I became a director in 2021 so that's what six years mm-hmm. no actually sorry I made six figures within three years mm-hmm. of qualifying wow. as an accountant as a as a qualified accountant wow now people will feel that this is mm. kind of unheard of mm-hmm. yeah it sounds unheard of but <laughs> mm. what i will say is that again it comes down to niching down mm-hmm. okay niching down is so important like i said to you Mm. i niche down in terms of my language skills Mm. and i was going for jobs and it could be anything i don't Mm. know Uh, each of us has something has a unique profile Mm -hmm. and we need to tap into our uniqueness Mm -hmm. and use those uniqueness to propel ourselves yeah that's how and and that's how you are able to skip those steps like mm-hmm. I said to you earlier, you know, go from assistant manager directly to fund mm-hmm. controller, not having to go to finance manager yeah. and all of that. So really, truly, it shouldn't take too long. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that though, but I'm saying as well, <laughs> understand that yeah. you need to deliver mm. at a very high level yeah. as well. Like yeah. unless you're working for those private equity and hedge funds that Mm -hmm. type of uh, industry where there is a lot of money flying around and they Mm -hmm. are they have a lot of higher salaries even at junior levels Mm -hmm. unless you're working for those so again so another way is to look at it if if someone is money motivated (laughs) yeah money should i be working like Mm -hmm. what industry pays the the highest Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you go for those industries yeah but it's not Money is not everything. Mm-hmm. So earning six figures, and again, that can be only um, salary-based or it can be yours, or like when I say basic salary, or it can be basic salary plus bonuses. Mm-hmm. So don't just be, you know, um, don't have a tunnel vision only on your mm-hmm. basic salary. Look at your whole compensation. Mm-hmm. Because in a lot of places, sometimes bonuses are, you know, quite meaty yeah so understand what the bonus structure is especially within financial services mm-hmm. again i always i want to caveat that because i know mm-hmm. that it's not the experience of everybody to have fat bonuses and mm-hmm. things like that but 
understand that within certain industries, there are, you know, different pay structures that are attached. And if you are looking to get to six figures, mm-hmm. have a, an understanding of which industries actually mm-hmm. pay six figures. Because mm-hmm. you can be an, in an industry that never pays six figures. That's you will never true. make the six figure. Yeah. You can work tirelessly, do, yeah. uh, you know, deliver all of what you want to deliver. Mm-hmm. But if that industry does not pay, mm-hmm. you're not getting it. Yeah. And that's, that's you know, when I said to you earlier that mm-hmm. I wanted to get into the investments field mm-hmm. is because I realized earlier mm-hmm. on in my career that that was a field where, you know, there was money to be made. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Very, very smart. Very strategic yeah. um, as well. Um, I was going to ask you, is there a certain pressure that comes with earning that certain amount? Because a lot of people, they want to get there and then maybe they get there, but they kind of, their their handbrake is, they just put their brake on the pedal and they're like, okay, I'm here now. I'm just relaxed. Do you feel like there's a, a pressure to justify that kind of salary? A pressure to justify the mm-hmm. salary? Um, so... Like, you know, for me, I I, I always say this, Mm -hmm. like I said to you earlier, Mm -hmm. your performance is a standard. Mm -hmm. Like you need to be delivering at the highest Mm -hmm. level of your performance. Mm -hmm. And I really want to to hammer this point because Mm -hmm. you can't be earning six figures Mm -hmm. if your performance is poor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is it, it just won't make no sense mm-hmm. you will lose your job yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly I, I, just, to be, I need to be i need to be clear and transparent so the only thing though is that if you are if you are earning six figures and you are into management mm-hmm. as as i mentioned earlier you get a better handle of your time okay so you are able to better manage your time uh, you have more flexibility on how you manage your own time. Mm-hmm. You may have a team and you need to understand how to allocate and delegate work to them mm-hmm. so that you are not left doing everything. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, is there a pressure? I mean, the pressure becomes, does my team perform mm-hmm. at the level it needs to? And if they, they don't, why not? What should what should I do mm-hmm. to make sure that the team perform? Because by that point, your team represents you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, okay. So yeah. I find I invest in mm-hmm. coaching my team okay. to make sure that yeah. they can deliver at the level that is expected. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah, okay. So, yeah, coaching and, yeah, just knowing where, where, again, your responsibilities, right? Because it changes as you you, you grow up. So, just very important to understand that. And, again, because performance means different things at different levels. Okay. Yeah. That's great. What, do you have some tips for people to, for them to stand out? So, we we mentioned communication because you can communicate your performance. Um, is there any other tips that people can do to stand out? So you mentioned niching down as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that people could do um, to to help themselves stand out from the rest of the crowd? You know, especially if you're in a high performing company. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're all performing well. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. So st- um, high performance is standard. Communication. You need to do that. Niching down. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So other things that you can do to to stand out. 
I would say is is networking. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. Not just within your own department. Mm-hmm. You need to understand what other departments are doing within your company. Um, and the reason being is that sometimes when you network with others, mm. as you hear what's going on around the company, you can better understand how your own department or your own work fit into the overall objective and mm-hmm. goal of the company. Mm-hmm. When you are in your silo, you lack that perspective yeah. that can give you the edge in terms of what you then need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and also when you network, it can open you to opportunities that you would not have come across otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, so networking with another another department can mm-hmm. help you get visible by that other department, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes, you know, because somebody knows you, mm-hmm. they they know that there is an opportunity. They know that what your interests are. Mm-hmm. And then you come up in their mind when yeah. something comes up. So they're like, oh, yeah, I know Christine, um, you know, in that department want to, is interested in that kind of thing. Let me let me find out if she will be interested to be part of this project. Yeah. And so that's that's one thing. Another thing, so that's that's networking. That's one tip. The other thing, again, I started talk, touching on that mm. would be um, choosing your mm. your projects um, okay. strategically. Okay. Um, and again, that's a whole chapter in the book as okay. well. Um, you want to choose your project strategically by um exposure mm-hmm. and by um significance okay exposure to who are the stakeholders mm-hmm. who are you know sponsoring the project mm-hmm. so is it senior management mm-hmm. who who exactly is this project yeah um who 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 who, who, who this project is baby to who within mm-hmm. the company and then by significance, um, think about it, you know, I'll talk about it from my from 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 mm-hmm. my own experience in terms of um, is it a big client of the mm-hmm. company? Uh, is it a big portfolio? How much are we talking? Yeah. Right. So significance can mean different things to different people. But think about significance from your own context and choose projects that give you exposure to senior leaders. Yeah and are significant mm-hmm. yeah okay wow wow fantastic fantastic answers and i love the final part that you said about strategic mm-hmm. projects i think it like you said is is quite is quite important because if you have exposure to the people that are making decisions yeah they're gonna remember you when That's your name right. comes up Absolutely. right so yeah. and uh, and i'm sure that you've experienced it Absolutely. right you, you've probably Absolutely. got a lot of candidates coming up you might hear about their work but if you don't know they were like okay exactly how can i vouch yeah for exactly. you um what's that like actually on the other side now that you're on the other side making those decisions what what is that like for you now that you can see because now you can probably see the gaps like oh actually you know why you've gotten there but now you can additionally see new things actually this is what else we're looking for yeah so i would say one of the gaps and i see that a lot um is also the attitude Mm -hmm. that people have Mm -hmm. if you have the attitude that you are owed something Mm -hmm. And you don't go for it. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't chase it. Mm-hmm. 
it can be difficult to get mm-hmm. to get it. Okay. Um. So what I will say is, as I said, don't bury your head in your sand thinking that mm-hmm. your work is gonna do your the, the talking. Speak to the people who are making decisions, mm-hmm. and make sure that they know what you want. Mm-hmm. That mindset is very, very, very important. Like I. I I remember, for instance, someone wanting to change department, mm-hmm. coming to me, asking me for my um, for my view on on that, mm-hmm. and me saying, "Absolutely, go for it. Go mm-hmm. for the, the the department change." And they went for it, and it was approved and everything. So really, and then somebody else coming to me at the end of the year, complaining that they were not promoted. Mm-hmm when they never mentioned or if they did it was once at the beginning of the year and never came back to me after that as i said earlier look i get busy (laughs) your senior managers get busy Mm. they're not going to remember that you spoke to them once Mm. at the beginning of the year and you never went to them again for the rest of the year right so what i would say is yeah that mindset that mm-hmm. determination mm-hmm. right knowing what it is knowing your worth mm-hmm. and being comfortable going for it like uh, approaching people about it yeah it's not about being annoying mm-hmm. it is about standing up for yourself yeah i like that that's the best way to think about it. it's not about being annoying it's about standing up for yourself and it's very important because everybody's trying to go for promotion right even your bosses are trying to go for promotion exactly so. everybody is trying to go for a promotion <laughs> you want to make sure that so you know as you choose you choose your mm. project strategically you communicate you network right so all of those things combined then you get mm. that buy-in from your management you puts you in a very good position to actually land that promotion wow 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 great no great it's been it's been great speaking to you so much james i've learned a lot and the listeners i'm sure uh, have learned a lot as well uh, what's what's next for for christine and um, empowered by experience wow what's next for christine and empowered by experience mm-hmm. so for empowered by experience i really want to um to take this to a, mm-hmm. to another level um and 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 coach a lot more mm-hmm. um black and ethnic minority corporate professionals mm-hmm. so for me my goal really is to try and reach a hundred people mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. uh, in, within coaching and so if i'm able to achieve that and even if i'm able to achieve half that i'll mm-hmm. be happy okay absolutely. great absolutely so that's that's what's next for, for me Fantastic. And where can people find you if they're interested in, yeah. So I am on Instagram uh, at Empowered by Experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I am on LinkedIn, but Mm -hmm. that's on more of the corporate side. So Marie-Christine Andela, you can find me on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my website, Mm -hmm. empoweredbyexperience.com. You can, anybody who wants to um, get in touch um, and who needs to, um, you know kind of advance in their careers mm-hmm. i'm happy to to help okay great fantastic and do you have any final words for the listeners final words for the listeners um your 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 career advancement is a lot closer than you think and mm-hmm. you have a lot more control over it than you think yeah yeah so you need to just tap into that 
um, self-confidence mm-hmm. and into a blueprint that works. And as I've discussed, mm-hmm. and, and, and you're, you know, it, it, it will happen a lot quicker than you, 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 you think. Okay, great. No, great final words. Um, I love that you said that your career is in, is, is in your hands, yeah. is in your control, because I think a lot of people don't think that is in their, their control. And uh, it's, it's very important to understand, like you said, communication, strategizing, um, you know, and achieving, you know, th- th- those three things, plus the, the more that's in your book. Um, it's been great having you here. Um, thank you so much for, um, you know, blessing us on the podcast and providing so many great, valuable tips. I think the listeners are going to definitely love this one. Uh, thank you to the listeners, watchers for tuning into this episode of the Takeoff Podcast and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Atto. Bye-bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.